You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. All right, we are live, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Crypto Recap Show. It's wonderful to have you here. And I'm absolutely delighted to have these two gentlemen back. You know them well if you have watched my show before. Uh, we have Chris Karabax, otherwise known as Zaphoid from Smart Cash. Welcome, Chris. And we have uh, Chris Pacia from Open Bazaar here. So welcome to both of you. And uh, we've got a lot of news to get through. Absolutely. been a fun week. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of fun, so I put out a video last night. Um, actually, so I, I saw that the flipping was about to happen. And it, you know, I was like, oh, my God, Bitcoin SV is gaining on Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Cash. And so I made this video kind of talking about um, this situation and sort of drawing an analogy between what happened now and then the, the greatest trade of the century, uh, a.k.a. George Soros's uh, trade where he, he broke the Bank of England. It's cause I, mm -hmm. I saw some similarities there, but, um, but then by the time I finished filming it, the flipping had happened. So I was like, reshoot! And they uh, <laughs> got that out. Um, so I, I do want to talk about that, but to start off with, let's go to another Bitcoin Cash issue, which is a huge thing going on right now. United Corp files suit against Bitmain, Roger Ver, Kraken and others over alleged manipulation during Bitcoin Cash hard fork. So this lawsuit is huge and crazy and a whole bunch of bollocks. And we're going to get into all of that. Um, and let's also define what it means to manipulate markets, right? Because I, I, I never really quite understood what exactly they mean there. Um, so, Zavoy, do you want to take it away and just kind of introduce what this lawsuit is all about? Well, um, basically, uh, Bitcoin SV could not... Unmuted. Now, basically, Bitcoin SV could not win in the hash war that they started. So they kind of backed off for a bit. And then this lawsuit comes out and it looks like, I don't know, the phrase that comes to my mind is instead of proof of work, now it's proof of judicial order. So, proof of judicial order. Like if we wanted that, we, I mean, wouldn't we just have used a currency backed by the Supreme Court or something, you know? Like, we have cryptocurrency for a reason, so we don't have to rely on central authorities or people that would... would I mean, it's just... It, the whole thing seems crazy. Sorry, continue. Then uh, Armani posted a tweet that brought to uh, my intention possibly the worst part of this, where he basically said that SV is, tr is trying to get a judicial order to force ABC to roll their blockchain back to November 15th, right when the fork happened, and to force the, and to make the judge decide on which consensus rule should win. So this is them, again, they, they claimed they were going to reorg the ABC chain to death. The ABC people put in checkpoints, so that can't happen. And so now they're going to the judge. And this is ridiculous. I mean, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. Does I, anyone, I mean, like, so what I don't understand is that this this type of stuff happens and people are still on the side of Bitcoin SV. Like, I'm sorry that the one that is completely against the ethos of cryptocurrency is like, no, 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 we don't want to rely on, on hash power. We want to get the courts involved. And uh, I mean, it's just it's just insane. How are people still thinking that Bitcoin SV is legitimate and a good thing? Well, they're like brainwashed. I mean, I don't know what else to call it. It's like, you know, you saw Calvin Air um, tweeted yes yesterday or day before that like Bitcoin SV is like 
what do you say? He, not pro government. He said government friendly. Government friendly yeah, government yeah. friendly. Our, our whole community is government friendly. And, right. And it's like, that's and then it's, was created. And it's amazing to watch people try and justify this. Like every time Craig or Calvin open their mouth and say something absurd, you know, the, the people like their supporters have to like do all these like mental hoops to, to try and mental hurdles to try and, you know, justify this stuff. So it's, it's pretty unbelievable. And the notion that you could force a chain <clears throat> to roll back, like, I think like the mental model that Craig and Calvin have is that all cryptocurrencies are just centralized things where people can just dictate the consensus rules. Right. Um, in fact, that's even what they argue, you know, they want for Bitcoin SV is they want the miners to dictate consensus rules and this sort of stuff. But uh, just imagine what would happen if, if like the judge ruled in favor and said, okay, now you have to roll back the chain. So what happens is now, I don't even know how they could order, you know, Amory or anyone at ABC to write code, but let's just say they were able to do that, like literally able to force them under penalty of jail to write code to roll back the chain. Nobody would use it, right? It's like <laughs> you could put it out there, not a single person's going to use it. So, I mean, that's not how cryptocurrency works. You just can't like order something to happen and then expect people to follow along. It's a voluntary thing. People use what they want to use. And I, I think what's even more amazing, you know, they hinted that they were going to do this lawsuit. And in fact, if I remember correctly, I wish I could find like the tweets or whatever, you know, Craig, among all these PhDs he claims to have and master's degrees that he's lying about. He also claims to be a lawyer. And he says that like, this is his like area of expertise and his specialty. And he, he'll show us that he knows what he's talking about on the legal side. And so this is the result of like Craig's legal expertise, allegedly, um, you know, being brought to play. So um, it, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine anything would go anywhere with the lawsuit, but even if it did, I mean, nobody's going to use, you know, what no one's going to follow the court order. <laughs> it, 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 I, I don't understand how they want to make this happen. This is frankly amazing to me that this is happening right now. I'll freely admit, uh, SV said that they were going to, you know, they were going to add replay protection and the Ash War is over and it's done and we're good. I'm like, okay, cool. So now they're just going to compete. All right, we'll see what happens. And I was, you know, feeling less angry at them, I guess you would say the word is, but whatever. <laughs> oh, you were so mistaken in that trust you placed in them as of like, no, 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 no. This is Craig Wright. I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, but he's this, remember, he is the, I am Satoshi. I am, I am. So like, you've got to expect this stuff coming from him. If he doesn't get his way, I mean, this is a man with a giant ego that is just not going to lie down and take it. He's going to fight. And I mean, you think of him as like someone who's backed into a corner at this stage, right? Mm -hmm. the Bitcoin SV was in shambles. They were completely embarrassed after all of the, you know, hot air that was being touted from that side about like we're going to crush you, and then they completely didn't. Um, and yeah. uh, and then they had to capitulate over and over, and then just give more and more um, concessions until so, they were finally like, okay, we'll add replay protection. You can have the name, whatever. Like mm -hmm. it. I mean, it. But then there was even even a weird tweet from Calvin today or yesterday where he said like. He's still saying he's like AB, he said ABC either needs to merge the two chains or implement re replay protection. Like he's still going on about this. So even oh even after he like agreed to implement replay protection on his own side, you know, now he's talking about merging the two chains together. What and wipe out a month worth of transactions? 
Yeah, like, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> that wouldn't hurt anyone. And, you know, and a lot of people are talking about how all of this that's going on, like the market's collapsing and somehow this is all involved and a lot of people are getting hurt by this. Like think about all the people that are getting hurt. If we try to somehow merge the chains and wipe out all these transactions, I mean, it's just, yeah. it's absolutely insane what's being called for right now. And, uh, like, do we have any idea of... Um, of where, like, where the timeline for any of this. So, like, I mean, if the background, if anyone doesn't know what happened, the lawsuit is basically because of the idea that hash power was taken from, there was meant to be mining on, on Bitcoin and then it was taken and used to mine Bitcoin uh, ABC, uh, something like that. Is that the, the gist of it? Um, what, what do you have, Chris? I, I got very little on that because it seems like that is a completely separate issue than rolling black back the blockchain. I mean, yeah. if you were a miner and you were on AB, uh, mining BTC and they took your hash power to mine BCH, I can see how you might have cause. Absolutely. That, that is something, I mean, proving so, it and proving yeah. actual damages. One, one thing people say, and I don't know if this is true or not, but, you know, Roger had, you know, he has a, a service where he lets people um, rent, uh, like rent hashing power from him. And I guess you can pick the chain that you want to mine on. And he had something like, uh, what was it, like 30 or 300 petahashes mining on the Bitcoin chain, BTC. And then during the fork, the the BCH hash rate went up to four exahashes. So dramatically more than that. Mm-hmm. And so people were saying, oh, well, he moved all the hashing power from the BTC customers over to that. I don't know if he did or didn't, but I will say that the amount that Bitcoin.com was mining within their pool on Bitcoin Cash was like 10 times more than whatever the customers were mining with on BTC. So it wasn't like, I don't know if he redirected any hashing power, I haven't looked into it, but it's not like that's where all his hashing power came from, right? In fact, I mean, I can say it wasn't it was people pointing their miners at Bitcoin.com's pool. It wasn't all Roger's hashing power. Mm-hmm. Um, it was other people pointing at, at yeah. Bitcoin.com. And some of that was nice hash or other rented hash power. There are plenty of people who brought that up, but that was on both sides. I mean, SV, I'm pretty sure uh, SV was shown to have rented hash power too. But I mean, yeah, yeah. that's what you're going to do in this situation. Why wouldn't you do it? How is that a bad thing? Yeah. Like, so, I mean, there, there is also some weird things i'm trying to wrap my head around because it's just so it like it just doesn't make sense um so like in this this article about uh what united corp is saying they're saying that a number of entities took control of the networking network using rented hashing the process of artificially deploying computing power to a network uh to favor the adoption of bitcoin abc like how how is hash power artificial like what's wrong with something being rented so is my yeah. house artificial because it's rented <laughs> like i don't i don't quite yeah. understand like it does it doesn't make any sense it was more yeah. like it it seems that they're employing some sort of antitrust to the crypto space like um because they're saying like it's clear that what's supposed to be a democratic process was not it was hijacked by the abc camp uh clearly the parties took control of more than 50 percent of the network during the upgrade it's like yeah, yes that's called the consensus yeah, like not a democratic it, I mean, process it's like if you're trying to bring antitrust into a system that literally revolves around someone having or people agreeing and going or like mostly to one side of of uh of a, an 
argument or a disagreement. Like it just, it doesn't work. Like once yeah. again, we're trying to shoehorn this tech into an archaic system. They look at it as like, this is like a voting system and they keep telling people like it was a hash power vote, right? And miners were supposed to vote. And so this was like fraudulent voting. It's not a voting based system at all. It's no. users, users choose what they want to use regardless of how the miners vote, you know, quote unquote. So, um, you know, that what happened was people were bringing hashing power online to defend Bitcoin Cash from a perceived 51% attack threat. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can tell you, I mean, there were people who who go unnamed who, I, you know, I, I won't mention names who like came in and dropped big money on this just to defend who aren't even necessarily Bitcoin Cash supporters, but they just didn't want to see Craig Wright to be able to take <laughs> over a coin. And I mean, we've got some like unsung heroes out there that never got like any recognition for it. But uh, um, well, I mean, if any of them ever get wind of this video, <laughs> a huge thank you, because honestly, if Bitcoin SV somehow, if they manage to collude with the judicial system or bureaucrats who don't know anything about this tech um, and somehow SV pulls off this ridiculous far-fetched shenanigan i honestly will want nothing to do with bitcoin cash i mean mm. like I, it's this ethos of all of the ridiculous things that are going on these antitrust sentiments this you know um like patent trolling the blatant fraud and <laughs> you know i i this is not why i got involved with cryptocurrency i got involved mm. with cryptocurrency because of the freedom it allows people not because it could be hijacked by someone who wants to do a class action lawsuit uh because they didn't like the outcome it's like a dummy split spit yeah. Yeah. That, 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 is, also... that is an Australian phrase for losing your temper. I had to learn that the other day. Oh, that's, okay. that's not in I America. Often, I get like stairs, but no one ever has the guts to tell me, Amy. We have no idea what you're talking about. So, so dummy spit is an Australianism? Yes, it is. Okay, so yeah. definition for all that. of you viewing at home, dummy spit. What Craig Wright does every time he doesn't get his way. There you and, go. And a dummy in this context is a pacifier. So oh. imagine a small child spitting their pacifier because they're too mad. Oh, spit okay. the dummy. Okay, yes. so this has many layers of knowledge. So let's also address this idea that they're basically, I mean, looking through what, what United Corp is saying, you know, United Corp alleges that they're colluded with Jihan Wu of Bitmain to reallocate a Bitmain service from the Bitcoin Core network. The above described actions were intentional and clearly planned in advance with Bitmain organizing deployment or actually redeployment of up to 90,000 Bitmain and minor S9 servers in early November. Like, can you imagine taking this to a bureaucrat, some judge who doesn't even know like what Bitcoin is? Like, they, surely they've never heard of Bitcoin Cash. They probably think that everything is, is the same and, and, uh, and, and have no idea what's going on. And they're made, meant to make some sort of decision about this highly technical esoteric field about which they've had no training or exposure or anything like this is an absolute insanity yeah. and and why would you want someone with no experience and no involvement making a decision why would you want to involve them like hey you random person walking on the street i want you to make you know these giant decisions for me like you're, mm. you're not going to do that well to, to put it another way uh, Roger said, hey, Craig's going to attack us with hash power when this fork happens. Can you make sure to have some systems ready to help us? Yeah, okay, cool. I mean, that's all this is. There's nothing <laughs> illegal here. There's no collusion or anything, you know, anything 
the word collusion is you know implies illegal or immoral or something but there's nothing there's nothing about that and it's funny that they named jihan you know and bitmain like jihan's like been the perpetual scapegoat for everybody i don't think like honestly i mean i know from like inside information i don't know if jihan did anything like i <laughs> i watched jihan the whole time in like private chats and stuff and I don't think he did anything during the fourth. <laughs> right. And what about Kraken? So they're saying, oh, well, Kraken, you are terrible as well. And this is also against you. Is this just because Kraken traditionally has stood for anti-authoritarianism and uh, has been kind of a very freedom-oriented exchange and they just don't like that sort of sentiment in crypto? They're like, no, we want more government. Like, why? I mean, why is Kraken involved with this? They, they came out pretty early for ABC and on the ABC side, even before the fork happened. And then they uh, launched trading and deposits and withdrawals on the ABC chain quite, I think, before any other exchange. So, so basically, they're complaining. Them. Yeah. Terrible <laughs> that they should be early trailblazers and set up things. The, the efficiency that Kraken has demonstrated during this whole thing is not something we're going to tolerate. Let's sue them. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, this is oh. like using the word conspiracy to describe a bunch of people working together to plan out a shopping I, trip. I know. I mean, like, they had a conspiracy to go to Walmart. There's way too much like, organization and, and efficiency going on. Like this whole thing, I feel like I'm in the middle of some amazingly written parody movie. Like I just, I'm, I'm so confused right now. Mm -hmm. Like this whole thing is just, um, all right, so like what do we think is going to happen with this? Is the court just going to throw this out? Are they going to just tie, is their aim to basically tie people up uh, in legal battles so that they just lose money? Is that what's going on? I have no idea. I don't even know how the, like, the jurisdiction works. Like this is in an American court and they're suing non-Americans, right? So, or a couple of them might be Americans and I think, like Shama and Jason Cox might be, but Amory's not American, and Roger, I don't think he's a U.S. citizen. No, not anymore. Yeah, because he was at St. Kitts for a while, and maybe still is, and now is at Tokyo. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's absolutely crazy. So we'll have to see what happens, and I don't know what the timeline is for this, but I presume that the point of a lot of lawsuits is to just tie people up. Yeah, I mean, if you think there's a chance that he wins you're going to try to sell all your abc right now just to get out ahead of it i mean this is all just a media and a message game i mean a lawsuit a lawsuit like this involving multiple you know multimillionaires and billionaires this is not the kind of thing that ends quickly right yeah i mean this is something that you could still be hearing about two three years from now if they and imagine like two Two, three years from now, the judge rules up. You have to put the chain back together. Exactly. <laughs> so like, we're going we're gonna to reverse two, two to three years worth of transactions. Impossible. I mean, technically impossible. Yeah. And again, just as you said, it's not like they can force all the miners and all the nodes and all, every part of the world to stop using this. They don't have the jurisdiction. They don't have the right. They can't say, no, you can no longer store this on your computer. You have to store this other thing that hasn't been made yet instead. It's just, this is not how this works. Mm -hmm. And I, I am still just flabbergasted. Yeah. So, thing. I mean, we're going to have to see if proof of judicial work uh, <laughs> is something that is, uh, is going to be part of the crypto space. Uh, but I presume that, like, 
I mean, wh- so so what happens if if this if it rolls back? Like, let's just envision that they manage to somehow just completely negate any transactions that have happened over the past few weeks and merge chains or and whatever. And then what? So you just have another fork with people saying, okay, well we're just we're just gonna go and do this other one now. Like that's the whole point of, of cryptocurrency, right? It's permissionless. You can choose to do whatever you want. So yeah. I mean it's just it seems like this really stupid thing that clearly is just to um you know throw throw stones at at, at this stage and uh and tie up people's hands. So we'll see we'll see what happens there but it's um it's just really it's just really it, ridiculous. So what it, are we going to say well, if they do roll this back I mean there would be a countersuit by the exchanges because the exchanges would be set to lose so much money from that rollback that it would be impossible. All the exchanges would go bankrupt. Yeah. It just it just could not be sustainable if that were to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you have people in the chat who are saying, like, this is a straw man, and that's not what they're aiming for with the lawsuit. So let's discuss what are they aiming for with this lawsuit? What are yeah. they aiming I, for? I, I'd love, I mean, if he has a better idea of what he's aiming for other than to bankrupt everybody who's been doing business on the ABC chain, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. You want to hop on the chat uh, purpose uh, specific, then you, you hop up and you enlighten all of us because I have no clue what, what this is going to do apart from uh, just be a, a ten- temper tantrum uh, by a side that didn't win because this crypto did exactly what crypto was designed to do and now they're coming back and saying, oh, well, wait, 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 but we didn't win. <laughs> Therefore, by design, you know, it's something went wrong, right? And we're going to get... Uh, the government involved to fix this. So, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, so let's talk about the flipping quickly before we move away from Bitcoin Cash because we can't have it take up every single week <laughs> of the weekly recap, which it has for a long time. Um, so, it, it, you know, they've been neck and neck for a while and then last night they flipped, they're back. Uh, you know, Bitcoin Cash is back above Bitcoin SV at the moment. But can I just point out the market movement? So the entire markets have been trending downward. Uh, mm-hmm. And you look at you know, Bitcoin, like everything in coin market cap right now is, is looking like this. So it could be like this, depending on which way my camera wants to show you. And then you've got Bitcoin SV, which is the complete opposite. So somehow Bitcoin SV is going in the, the complete opposite direction. And this is the side that's crying wolf about manipulation. Like, like, I mean, cryptocurrency is a space where you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies. It changes the price. Like, I wouldn't call that manipulation. I would call that just the market me- mechanism working. And you can see whether or not Bitcoin SV is going to hold at that price. I-, I presume they're going to run out of money and won't be able to, you know, keep buying it in the open market to push the price up for long. Like, I don't think it's going to last a long time. I- again, I wouldn't say it's manipulation. I would say that's just how these prices work, right? Um, and so, hey there, Abigail. She's so- <laughs> She's so cute and loud. Um, so, it, I mean, it is just crazy that Bitcoin SV is the only thing uh, going against all of the market movements. And um, and so, I, I mean, I don't really take the flipping seriously. I think that they, they're not going to have uh, money to just keep throwing at this forever. And, and as a note, well, I'm just saying it's not the only <laughs> thing. There are, there are a couple other things in the top 100 that have actually had better weeks than Bitcoin SV. And entertainingly enough, I've been kind of watching it off and on today. And a couple hours ago, we had that big spike from like 3,200 to like 3,600 in Bitcoin. And the whole market was up 10% in that hour, except Bitcoin SV. 
So I don't quite understand exactly how that movement happened, but it, it was quite entertaining to, to watch how it was counter on the up and the down. So yeah. one thing if the recovery does happen, does that mean this Bitcoin SV is going to go down to nothing? Who knows? I, I just, yeah. it's, it's a bizarre arrangement. Right well, now. I mean, unless like, you know, people are really super excited about centralized cryptocurrencies all of a sudden. Um, it, it, I, I don't know why anyone would be paying even what even the current price for Bitcoin SV, which is not that high, hundred dollars. It's you know you've got a coin that's mined by an entire by a single entity, single company. It's basically an end chain product. It's a product of of a company. It's controlled by Craig Wright. Craig is, dictates the consensus rules and decides. So he's the sole decider of the consensus rules. And they, you know, announced that they're like government friendly and they're trying to, you know, be all compliant and all this stuff. And they've got this like minor ID in the works, which, you know, has the potential to be used for permission mining and all of this stuff. So, I mean, why, why does somebody look at that and think like that this is going to be like the next big thing? I got to get on board and I got to buy it. I have yeah, no idea. That's something I want to be involved in. <laughs> what? Cryptocurrency with even more government? Yes. I take that centralization. Like, it, yeah, I don't get it. Um, Chris, uh, you want to go and grab Abigail and put her on your lap? Because I think she really wants your attention. I think she's like, Chris, I, I'm here and I really want yeah. your pants. Oh, please. I think she me. wants food or something. I don't know. Uh, Oh, so yeah. you're a terrible owner and don't feed your dog. Uh, we understand. Um, so 23 Uvas sent a uh, super chat and says, cheers. Thank you so much, uh, Uvas. I really, really appreciate that. And if anyone wants to use the Bitbacker site, I'll post a link uh, in the chat now. And it is a place where if you haven't checked it out, it's a place where you can do super chats, but using crypto instead. So it's pretty awesome. And you can watch the feed all through that site. So I've just posted it on, uh, on that. I actually did a stream with BitChute earlier today so they've been deplatformed on patreon which is another topic that i want to talk about at the end uh, all of the people that are being deplatformed at the moment uh censorship is is kind of crazy and now we have crypto alternatives for like monthly pledging sites so uh definitely things to look into i am a big fan of Bitback. hello abigail i'm a big <laughs> fan of abigail too this is adorable um all right so she's gonna be uh, a little bit more um I think she's going to be happier now because she's uh, she's getting a little bit of love. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, so talking about futures, NASDAQ has uh, Van Eck Crypto Head confirms NASDAQ uh, Bitcoin futures. So that's something that we covered very briefly um, uh, before. But it is a, a really big deal. Uh, Zafoy, do you want to start that off? Well, I mean, NASDAQ is obviously a household name for most households. So them starting to list it is slightly bigger than say CBOE, which nobody knew anything about until this happened, except for people who are heavily into commodity trading. So it's interesting that they're pushing forward with it. From my understanding, it is going to be cash settled and not physically settled. So that makes me more blase about it. But, right. you know, it, it, for, to me, this carries into the whole, a lot of big names are putting a lot of big money into this crypto game. And that does not, imply to me that we're going to be seeing zero in 2019. This implies that they're getting in and they're, you know, to maybe cover a future topic, bill building, however you pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> and while the markets are down and, you know, the conspiracy theorists would say they're trying to accumulate and get stuff in cheap. But, um, but this is, this is interesting news. And considering they've also delayed all the other future decisions until next year anyway, 
you know, this is just going exactly in line with that. There's been a lot of commentary over the last couple of weeks about the big people saying, don't expect any ETF in 2019 or for a while. And sure, but as more of these future markets open up and as more of the mainstream people are wanting to take interest in this, I would say it's just going to be inevitable that it's going to show up sooner or later here. Yeah. Because people want to make their money. Yeah, and it was interesting at Consensus Invest just seeing like just everyone on that side of the of the mm-hmm. um, industry very much the financialization of crypto, you could call it. And uh, I know we've talked about that before, like what does that mean? You know, this financialization, what is going to be the end game? Is it like a detour from what we should be thinking about? I know that we're talking about all of these ETFs and things, and there's another mm-hmm. article that I wanted to uh, mention. So the SEC delays decision on Bitcoin ETF sets deadline mm-hmm. for late February. February. So that's uh, nothing going on. Like, yeah, we're all, I mean, we're looking to these things and, um, I mean, it does seem like a bit of div- uh, diversion, right? It's uh, it's not really why we're involved with with cryptocurrency. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not a- against these things. I think that they're all like financial vehicles that are perfectly fine. People want to use them. Um, I mean, one thing I will say, I, so I interviewed someone um, called Tyrone, and I'll, I'll be putting that interview out soon, but he's a, he's a, a wealth manager, advisor, financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And he was one person who spoke at Consensus who didn't have the usual uh, Wall Street rhetoric that I was used to. Most people are like, well, ETFs and financial instruments and regulation and clarity in the marketplace and all of this stuff. And he was like, listen, if Bitcoin ETF comes out, um, I'm not going to encourage my clients to buy it. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, what? You are from Wall Street and you say that. And he was like, no, because that's not what Bitcoin's for. It's peer-to-peer. If I, my clients want to get involved with the asset, I want them to hold the actual asset, not get some third party in between that doesn't need to be there. It's kind of a very unnecessary thing. You know, if people feel more comfortable with that, that's fine. But my clients, I'm going to give them the tools so that they feel more comfortable holding crypto. I'm going to educate them. I'm going to train them. I'm going to show them good platforms to use. If they have platforms they want to learn about, you know, we'll make sure that that we know about those platforms and we'll walk them through how to how to do this and i just think that that was such a refreshing viewpoint to hear from someone mm-hmm. from wall street well mm-hmm. at, at consensus you saw all the custody people there trying to get involved with the big players and help them with their custody needs with cryptocurrency and so that that shows the same thing where custody is holding actual cryptocurrency not derivatives and so that that is a big business and there's a lot of money in there potentially so but, you know, again, I, I'm very excited about the future simply because these people who are theoretically at least somewhat smart and are assuming that it's going to get bigger, not smaller. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So, um, so just, yeah, on the SEC uh, note, so they published a document uh, yesterday, December 6th, and uh, in order to further review the rule change proposed uh, to a list of Bitcoin ETF by investment firm Van Eck and blockchain company SolidX on the Chicago Board Options Exchange. So, yeah, everything's just kind of being pushed back. And uh, again, like, I mean, it's not surprising, right? Because you have one area of uh, cryptocurrency which is super fast moving and goes at lightning speed, minus the pun, and is just, you know, constantly innovating and all of that. And then you have Wall 
Street, which is pushing back decisions and you have regulatory agencies that are pushing back decisions. It's just like bureaucracy versus innovation, right? These things are mm-hmm. at heads with each other. And it's just, I mean, confirmed over and over and highlighted and over and over by these things that kept getting pushed back and back and never end up happening that we hear so much about. Well, crypto, in my perspective, just needs to continue you know, breaking things and pushing forward. And, you know, as much as we have mixed feelings about Uber, their strategy of becoming essential in a city and then saying, ah, well, your citizens want us, so you better adjust your regulations. That's the way that, from my perspective, crypto needs to keep pushing forward. We need to yeah. become essential to everyday users. Yeah, and, I mean, Uber is really the model for that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's... Absolutely. Yeah, just go go ahead and do it try and get as big as you can. And then by the time the government, you know, realize what hits them, they, they're not in a position to outlaw it. Absolutely. And by then they have to have meetings about having meetings about having meetings <laughs> about deciding what they're going to do about this thing that already has a giant market share and has taken over. I mean, some places they just outright ban it and say, no, we're just, just not going to do it. But they tend to create so much backlash with consumers that it's just not worth mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's, I mean, it is so sad as well. Like you, you see so many, I mean, people talk about the taxi drivers who lose their jobs and I think, well, Uber is constantly hiring. I I don't Mm -hmm. understand how, like, it's not like they have to retrain their guys. Like, you know, I understand the sunk cost fallacy of like putting money into this awful cartel that used to exist with taxi medallions. But honestly, you have a better system that more people are using because they prefer it because taxis were terrible. Um, You know, I remember waiting in the rain for like half an hour in New York, not being able to get a cab because they're just, they just are no cabs. And then you'll try and hail one down and they're pulled they'll drive by slowly and say where are you going and if it's too far uptown they'll just refuse to put you in which is illegal by the way but they'll still do it and then you have this other system coming in and becoming much better and uh, everyone's uh, crying saying like oh what did we do poor taxis it's like well how about taxis compete on uh, you know in this new playing field how about they lift their game so i had that same experience in berlin earlier this year i think the berlin government regulates uber and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I pull, it's pouring rain. I need to go somewhere. I pull out my app and it says Uber's unavailable right now, right? Which in probably like a blackout period or something like this. And now I, you can request the, in Germany, you can request the cab from inside the Uber app, right? So, which I assume the government probably forces Uber to put actual cabs in the Uber app. And it was like 45 minutes to get a cab. So they, you know, I had to, I had to walk, I had to walk in the rain. So that's, you know, that's their, their regulation for you. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, just, and just to bring it back to crypto as well. So it's just, it really is the difference between the, the tech world that is constantly innovating and has been reg- really pretty unregulated up until now. We've just started to see, I mean, they say that 2018 was the year of regulation for cryptocurrency. And I believe that. Uh, you see the market also tanking <laughs> this entire year as well. You things go, see things going more and more slowly, you see less and less businesses opening up uh, because the SEC is starting to audit everything. The IRS is getting involved. Everyone's just clamping down. Like, yes, that's exactly what happens when too much mm-hmm. government gets involved. Everything just grinds to a halt and innovation stops. So we're going to have to see what wins out, whether innovation wins out and is just keep pushing forward and keeping smarter than government um, or whether, you know, government is able to just really slow this thing down Why people just don't see the using i mean i feel like we're always going to have a core group of people an underlying grassroots movement and i'm totally fine with that if it's just those those people who use it i'll be one of them um 
And uh, I mean, we're going to see if all of the rest of the people that we were hoping would become mainstream adopters just trickle out and and, and don't end up, end up using it. We'll have to see if crypto is able to say, hey, this is a better system. It's permissionless. You don't need your permission to, to start back, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to see what happens there. Yep, and that's, you know, this whole year is good for, for building. That's that's kind of what I'm going with here. And I, right now we are getting low. We are, the prices are dropping quite a lot. And that's some of it's because of government. You can see the ICOs are continuing quite quickly, just not in the United States, because we've basically killed them here. But, um, but you are seeing a lot of companies, particularly the ones based in the U.S., that are laying off a lot of people. Or we saw, you know, the ETH dev who had to close up shop and Steam it had to, fire 75% of their staff and uh, consensus had to fire 13% of their staff after they bought the asteroid mining firm, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. And, and that's just what we're seeing a lot. And that is, as you said, regulatory burden is not just slowing things down and keeping us safe. It is literally killing people's livelihoods. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on to talking about like government becoming more and more involved. So now Uncle Sam wants to snoop on your Monero transactions is apparently a thing that's going on now. Uh, United States Department of Homeland Security, they announced its intention to develop a monitoring framework to effectively track Zcash and Monero transactions through an enhanced forensic analytics capabilities. Um, so this is Fascinating and, and terrifying. And I just want, uh, you know, it reminds me of what's going on in Australia right now. So um, so they've just, uh, I, I did a live stream with uh, Perry Metzger and, uh, and Patrick Gray, I think last week or maybe the week before, where we talked about this anti-encryption bill that was going through in Australia, where basically they want to put back doors in devices and companies that the government approaches to put in back doors to basically bypass uh, end-to-end encryption aren't allowed to notify anyone. They have gag orders and they could face uh, long jail sentences if they don't comply. So this is a real thing. We need to be worried about companies that are being approached by government and are being compromised and us not being allowed to be told about it. This is a real thing that's going on now. And, uh, you know, Department of Homeland Security is apparently doing doing just this stuff, you know, talking about, about software and and, uh, and different things that, that can, can track payments in Australia, whether it's your devices that you think are secure, you're using uh, some sort of encryption service, but it's actually compromised on the other end because there's door for the government like these are, are real things we need to be aware of when we're talking about privacy currencies um and we think that you know our, our chats are safe i mean there's a there's a good chance that that they might not be that safe uh, going forward yeah i was honestly surprised that they're a they admitted they're doing it and b honestly that they haven't been doing it this whole time yeah uh, this is you know it's like I assumed they've been trying to do this. I assume they've been watching all the blockchains they can watch to try to identify as many addresses as they can. I mean, that's just what the government is going to do with this. Yeah. I think Monero is probably a little bit easier. I mean, so Zcash, the privacy technology is a little bit, um, if you trust the setup, the privacy technology is a little bit stronger than Monero. But Monero... If if they have a lot of resources, I think they can they can put two and two together in some cases with well, Monero. A, a big issue with they Monero, need a lot of resources. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A big issue with Monero is how many non-private transactions that are on the blockchain for them to derive from. 
Well, that's actually a big issue with a lot of the privacy blockchains is that if you allow non-private transactions, it taints the chain and you can track down or at least have a high confidence that this particular private transaction comes from that you know, public transaction. And we all know that particularly when the IRS or other financial people are involved, once they've decided something is up to their specs, you have to prove your innocence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so speaking of proving innocence, let's uh, let's move on because we've got a few things to cover still and, and running out of time. So a uh, Bitcoin trader on the US sanctions blacklist says he's innocent. Um, so Mohammed, I'm going to kill this last name, Gorbanian. Gorbanian. I'm Okay. Um, sorry if I got that wrong. He says he's been wrongfully uh, blacklisted as an Iranian Bitcoin trader. He says he's among the wallet holders whose names and blockchain addresses were added to the U.S. Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Assets Control Sanctions list last week. We talked about on the show how uh, the Treasury has blacklisted a bunch of addresses. And, and actual people and black ones sending money uh, to and from those accounts. So he says that he's um, uh, innocent and uh, so that he's unaware of the honor, uh, origins of his apparently tainted Bitcoin. Um, and so he he also says he admits to converting Bitcoin to Iranian uh, riyals uh, for for both of the individuals listed by the FBI, Mohammed Mehdi San Mansouri and Faramars Sahi Sabandi. I should have just stopped it. I, yeah, uh, yeah. I got to practice. I got to work on this. I'll, I'll have these down for next week, guys. Um, so over several years, but he says he had no reason to suspect any of them for wrongdoing. So it's like this interesting scenario um, where you, you know, you, how, how do you know something's been tainted? If you accept cryptocurrency from, from someone, like how many degrees of separation is needed before it becomes untainted? And what if you had no knowledge that it was tainted? You know, if I go to a grocery store and, and, uh, the lady gives me cash, you know, but that cash had come from something that was illegal beforehand. Like, how do we, how do we know about this stuff? It's it's actually a very hard thing to to monitor. So it's an interesting uh, interesting situation. Well, this is this is the U.S. government trying to flex its muscles around the world. Um, it was quite interesting when they did this because this is the first time that Bitcoin addresses were listed in something like this and definitively tied to individuals in a government document, which is kind of groundbreaking in a sense. Um, But, you know, there will be a more and more collisions of everyday people. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying this particular individual is being truthful at all. I have no way of knowing. Yeah. We have no way of knowing, (laughs) but there will be times when innocent people are harmed by this. But, you know, just like we saw, what was it yesterday when, or the day before when the U.S. arrested the highway CFO in, in Canada o- over Iranian, uh, something with Iran, that you know the U.S. is very willing to flex its muscles worldwide to just make everybody else suffer and live through our laws. Yeah. So there was this um, this interview that was released uh, that they did with CoinDesk. So they had a, a Q&A there. I just want to release some of, uh, uh, just read out some of the answers there. So um, it, the question was, you know, why did you say you're unsure if the individuals are behind the Sam Sam ransomware? Um, and so he's talking about his dealings with these people who apparently were um, getting money by extorting people. Um 
Uh, he said that he's never done any criminal activities with these two people. And if I knew that any of our customers are associated with criminal activities, I would refrain from doing business with them. Unfortunately, our names have been declared by the US, uh, United States Treasury as associated with criminal activities without receiving any contact from the Treasury. So it seems like no one has even reached out to them. It's just something that's been announced, you know. Um, and he says, we are accused of something that we have not done. I'm not aware of any criminal activities from our customers and I've not committed a crime. So it's, um, again, it's an interesting situation where the government just kind of puts out this decree that this person is blacklisted and um, and they claim that they're, they're innocent. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen there. Yeah. Don't worry, the government is here to protect us. <laughs> Was there... Uh, is is like are they put out those addresses with the intent of trying to get people to blacklist them? Is was that mm -hmm. yes? Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, if you send to those addresses or get from those addresses, and I'm not sure how far removed that is, you you may have issues if you try to deposit or withdraw into at least U.S. exchanges and yeah. places like Shapeshift and Changely and whatnot will probably not give you your funds back and not give you the other side of the trade if you try to mm -hmm. use them from those addresses. But you won't know until you try it. Yeah. And mm. someone was bringing up the uh, the issue of tainting dust as well as a way of figuring mm -hmm. out, like just sending a small transaction. And when people you know try to consolidate to one address, then you suddenly know what all the other addresses that, uh, that were associated with them. So do one of you want to explain a little bit more how tainting dust dust works and how this is a tool that government is potentially using to track down identities? you know much about that, Chris? Well, I don't know about the specific thing, but you have, um, you know, Bitcoin has transactions have inputs and outputs. So you can think of like, you can think of your wallet as containing a bunch of coins and those coins have a bunch of different values. Here's one Bitcoin, five Bitcoin, 0.1 Bitcoin, and this sort of stuff. And you can spend those coins individually, but they don't always add up to the amount that you're trying to spend. So sometimes you have to spend more than one coin at the same time, and that is a privacy leak because you're you're combining coins together and you're basically saying, hey, these two transactions that appeared to be completely unrelated, they actually were related because you know I'm combining them together when I'm spending them. So there's like a privacy leak there. And I, I, what they might be suggesting with the whole dust thing is if, I can send a little bit of coins into into one of those addresses. The wallet might scrape it and pick it up and combine it with other coins, and then they they can, you know, that like a flag that way. Yeah, most right. most wallets these days have the ability to lock inputs. So if you happen to get a random transaction for a point zero 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 one Bitcoin or whatever, just lock that input and don't spend it, and that way, the people the dusting attack would fail on you. Right. Or if you wanted to send me microtransactions through Bitbacker, you're welcome to. And I don't mind about that, uh, that dusting. It's totally fine. You just head to Bitbacker. It's a pretty awesome site. Uh, let's move on. So um, Coinbase. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to calm myself down before reading this one. Coinbase is attempting to trademark the crypto rallying cry Biddle. So like build, but with the D and the L switched. 
and they want to trademark this. Now, I've always given Coinbase a fair go because I think it's a great onboarding platform for beginners. I, I still do. I think that it's, you know, a solid company, great security, um, and people who don't know much about crypto, if they want to get involved, is a good place to start and, you know, trust someone else with your security while you're still learning the ropes. Uh, but now they're attempting to trademark Biddle, which I think is, is absurd. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on this? I, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't like the whole IP thing, but like, I always found it weird that you could just trademark stuff. That's, it's not like a brand name that you're using. It's just like some word, like what would it Taylor Swift try and trademark like 1989 or something? Um, uh, yes, maybe something like, <laughs> like just, <laughs> just something, you know, just like a random word or phrase. Like if you use that, you have to pay me, you know? Yeah. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just got, sorry, you guys uh, keep going. I just got a call from uh, our special guest who is uh, um, going to be moving oh. on in a second. So, oh. um, yeah, this, this whole Biddle thing. Do you want to talk about the, like, the origin of, of Biddle, uh, links to the word HODL? Well, I guess I'm not really familiar when it first started getting started to be used. I'm assuming this year at some point. I don't know if you've heard it before that, Chris. No, I, no. I didn't know. Uh, you know, the, the phrase, I think the article said this, is, you know, Poddle and buildle. So basically, don't sell what you have and keep building good stuff, which I, I, I support that sentiment, sure. But I find Coinbase trying to trademark it quite silly. I, I fully expect that they've been hiring new people and somebody in the marketing department talked to somebody in their legal department and they just went ahead with this without asking anybody else if this made any sense whatsoever. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it seems crazy to me, um, and I hope it doesn't go through. I mean, this is slang that is uh, used frequently throughout the crypto community. Like, any time you have something LD, you just switch them, and it becomes a new thing that's associated with crypto now. You know, I think it's like kind of this fun little thing that we've, we've developed, this, uh, this language of, of crypto. So having someone come in and say, well, actually, now we own it, I think is um, is a little bit sad. Um, so just before our, our special guest uh, joins in and he's uh, just working out details on how to do that now. So um, large, large movements of beta. Oh, right. You kind of cut out there for a second. No, she dropped off. Oh, she dropped off. Now it's just us. Are we still on? I, I don't know. Somebody sent a chat message. Can you still hear us, or are we just talking to each other? <clears throat> Someone says, whoop. Yeah, okay. But that's not helpful, Mr. Harling, Zanya, whatever your name is. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, what was the next thing, the big coin movement? Uh, just uh, interesting timing about... Where'd that article go? About 8,000 Bitcoin moved to an exchange about five days ago now. Ah, oh, Naomi's back. And yeah, I'm sorry. I just got a call from the special guest, and he's having trouble connecting to this call here, and I'm, I'm not quite sure. And I really hope it works out, because it'll be really awesome if he, if he can join in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely yeah. keep focusing on that. We're still talking about the, uh, the Bitcoin movement there. Yeah. It was what eight thousand moved to an exchange, was it? Or yeah, eight thousand moved to an exchange, and that was like right before the uh, the latest round of drops happened. So, so. I I saw um, Amory, who's you know from Bitcoin Cash, had like an interesting theory about not not about the coins, but about these price drops in general, and that hmm. it's almost like you have uh, 
like a downward sloping supply curve in that people hold the coins, but then, or like businesses, companies, and then as their, um, as the value of the coin starts tanking, they have to start selling and shedding employees and downsizing. And this just depresses the, the coins even farther because they're, they're selling their hoard and everything. And so it creates this kind of like, you know, circle. Yeah, All right. So, sorry. Um, uh-huh. I just want to in- interrupt here um, because we have a very special, important guest who has just joined us. We have Spencer Lambert uh, of Crypto Chicken fame. You probably have all seen his uh, Twitter, his Twitch feed, where you can pay, you can spend uh, BCH and feed the chickens. Well, guys, now he has a competing Twitch uh, stream where you can feed the ducks. And behind you, uh, you have the ducks there. So I just wanted to have him on uh, so you can all see that. And uh, uh, Spencer, have you got a, a Bitbacker link um, uh, where people can pay, can uh, do that? The ducks are behind. The chickens the got on but uh, the, the ducks are. Oh, the ducks are, that, you got to set they, that up so people can can uh, send. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a link to the chickens one on Bitbacker right now, so people can go and uh, and find that. But the ducks, what can what can people pay to to um, what can what can people do with the ducks uh, after paying crypto? Yeah, the ducks they accept dash. So they're dash the ducks accept dash. Yeah, they're the dash ducks. The dash ducks. <laughs> there you go. Um, so there you guys go. And I just wanted to bring that up because uh, there are some really awesome things. Like we talk about the bear market and we talk about BCH and it's all going crazy and we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but this is a gentleman who is uh, still going and making awesome things related to the currency. And you see a lot of things in the, the crypto space where you can can uh, do things that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to do in the traditional financial system. So, for example, having like a vending machine dispenser that... Uh, that feeds oh, ducks and, right and Twitch. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. Let's say something so we can see it. <laughs> oh, ducks make a bunch of noise. <laughs> they're, they're adorable. So uh, where can people go to find your, your Dash address to do that? They are, they are on uh, twitch.tv slash Dash Ducks. And they'll dash get a bit back, back or pay, pay job. And there's a QR code and some help commands in the chat. All right. I'm sharing that link with everyone right now. And I think that you need to get that up and running on uh, Bitbacker as soon as possible. For sure. Abigail likes the ducks there. Um, so, and I've got a, uh, actually, I've got a, a power chat here uh, from Anonymous. So Anonymous sent me a power chat. Uh, and it says, Naomi, will your blockchain be centralized or decentralized? If it is only your minions mining your coins, then how would it be decentralized? Um, that's a great question, guys. So for this coin of mine that doesn't exist, uh, it would be decentralized. What would make it decentralized is even if it's a small group of people mining is there's no barriers to entry. So there's no reason that other people can't come in and also start marketing. Uh, it's not a closed system with only permissions given to a select few. Everyone would be allowed to mine my minion coin. So I will let you guys know if that becomes a thing uh in the meantime go send some uh, d- uh dash to the dash ducks which are adorable so many animals on this uh
uh, this show here. And they're also the Crypto Chickens, which you guys can check out. And I'll also uh, post a link to his Bitbacker there uh, so that you can do that. Let me just do that right now, actually. Uh, I did it before, but I just want you guys to... Um, uh, to have access to that. But it's awesome. We've been using the Bitbacker site all day. People have been signing up and pledging uh, monthly pledges to BitChute, which was deplatformed from Patreon recently. They were relying on Patreon for a lot of their income. They're a great uh, uh, media alternative platform. So lots of people have been signing up, pledging there. So really, really happy about that. It's awesome. Uh, but we are out of time here. I'm really glad that you joined us, Spencer, and showed us the Dash Duck Ducks just as we are wrapping up today. Uh, so really interesting things happening in the news. Thank you so much to Chris and Chris for being here. You're both wonderful and I really, really uh, value your expertise and uh, having you here is, is great. And thank you so much to the people, the anonymous person who sent me the uh, power chat. I really, really appreciate uh, that. And uh, if you want to reveal uh, who you are, then, then you're welcome to. And uh, also to people who use the, the super chat as well. Really, really appreciate it. So that's all for the weekly recap today. Go and enjoy your Friday and have a wonderful time. Thanks to everyone in the chat who has been tuning in. It's great to have you guys here, especially especially because we just did a live stream earlier today. So really awesome that you guys are, are tuned back into to this one. I really appreciate that. But go and have a wonderful weekend, and I'll uh, chat to you guys soon. Thank you. Have a good weekend, guys. Bye. Bye. For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute, or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.